0: All right, hey everybody, Alex Shaw with uh, Risk Matters Podcast, sitting down with Jimbo Redman. How you doing, Alex? I'm wonderful. Uh, I'm doing really well. Sitting here with Renee Veyu of Maharin AG and Brent Long, Scott Insurance, Ben and Whitehouse. How's everybody doing? Great, 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 awesome. Well, um, Renee, you mentioned you you had a pretty interesting weekend. You went and saw. <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing you under the bus here. <laughs> where did you go and, and what did you do
1: oh i flew from richmond virginia to dallas texas thursday morning and hung out in dallas and friday went to a zz top concert the <laughs> 50th anniversary texas bash and uh they had cheap trick opening and then my favorite band of all time paul rogers and bad company and uh, it was just awesome um that was exciting But on the way back, I had two flight cancellations and several delays, and I got back at 1 o'clock this morning about... Thirty hours later than expected. Well, we're, we're glad you made it. That's the
2: cost of bad company. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: right. Yeah. No, it was great. It was great. But I'm glad glad to be here. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll wake you if you start to doze off. But you <laughs> look pretty lively today. You look yeah. pretty good. Unlike Jimbo, who, who can't he can't stand the. Uh, for you guys listening in, before each episode, we you know we obviously run through a few administrative things and. And it's Jimbo's favorite part of the whole podcast process. So well, like, typically there's, there's
3: nothing
2: better than stealing all the thunder before we get started. Yeah. <laughs> now what are we gonna talk about? <laughs> we got nothing to talk about. Although we we might just pivot this and just talk about that concert. Oh that,
0: man. That, we that I sounds mean we pretty... could do that.
1: We could do that. I give reviews and stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah, was there dancing? What kinda of, what kind of action? I was, was going dancing, on? yes, Is I was. It, that's it. And you you're a leather jacket type guy. Right. I mean I've seen you in it. Yeah, leather,
1: uh, jean jackets, you know, I'm a I'm a wannabe
0: rock and roller. Yeah, you're an interesting you're an interesting cat. <laughs> so you're you're maybe tell folks your role at, at Maharan and and uh, and to me when I say you're an interesting cat, we don't often see folks in your role with with your type of character, if you will. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I'll take that as a compliment. You should. Yeah, you know, yeah. Someone told me once. We, I, we try I, not to defame our uh, <laughs> yeah, some, <laughs> our clients. But. An opera, operations guy told <laughs> me years ago. He goes, uh, he said, Renee, you know. You're, you're not like a regular ops or HR person. I said, thank you. He said his man as a compliment. <laughs> but I, I did spend a few years in operations in the factory, and I think that did make me a, a better HR person, a better safety person, risk management, what have you, workers' comp. Um, I've been with Meharan for going on three years, which uh, shortly after I joined, you know, we formed this group that we'll be talking about a little bit later uh, during our conversation. But uh, it's been a great experience. Uh, Maharan is a private company and very diverse uh, food industry and ag industry uh, based in Severn, North Carolina. That's right. And uh, you'd have to look it up because people in North Carolina don't even know where it is. Yeah. So uh, anyway, but it's it's a a great job, great opportunity, and uh, I'm really,
0: really enjoying it. How many, how many employees does uh, Mahera have ha- at this, this point? At this point,
1: we have about 1,350 mm-hmm. um, six food plants, and the remaining employees are literally scattered up and down the East Coast from Delaware down to Florida now. Uh, and those sites on the ag side range from literally a few employees that are sales points for local farmers on uh, fertilizers, chemicals, seeds, and to some uh, places that manufacture fertilizer, that they may have forty or fifty employees, and we have two new facilities out west in Lubbock, Texas, and Portales, New Mexico. So, it's it's a pretty diverse company for you know thirteen hundred and fifty employees, private company.
0: Yeah, no no doubt. Imagine it keeps you pretty busy. I mean, there's so much with with the volume of employees like that, the number of locations. Uh, that brings a tremendous amount of complexity, I'd imagine, on on every level of analysis, if you will. I mean, so uh, to segue a bit to the topic of conversation today, um, about three years ago, basically when you came on board, we we kicked off um, what some would term a a safety committee, um, but what we would contend is more of a risk performance leadership team. Jibo, what, in your experience, I mean, what are the differences that you would say you've seen between – safety committees traditionally and and then more of the what we try to orient folks we work with to which is risk holistically
2: yeah well I think I think the biggest difference is a commitment and an involvement of senior leadership uh, to actually be a part of the process be a part of the meetings be a part of the discourse um, where it's not sort of oh, we've got a group of employees that, that's either fixed or rotating, and they're going to sort of talk about safety issues every month or quarter or whatever that is. And that, that typically becomes uh, sort of a finger-pointing exercise or a gripe session. And uh, what, what we've always tried to do with the risk performance leadership team, one is is get um, people across the organization involved um, that includes people that, that have the decision making and the authority to create change, um, create energy and motivation, but also to do it much more in a strategic fashion uh, than just simply saying, oh well, here's sort of a check off the boxes sort of approach.
0: Yeah, I mean I, from from my perspective where I, where I've seen folks get a bit hung up is when we initiate the conversation, they'll say, oh, that's like a safety committee, right? you say, you know, there are definitely it accounts for many of the things you would discuss in a traditional safety committee. And yet one of the kind of the, the important points we, we try to bring to the table is that one of the reasons we see those things fail is folks come up with really good ideas or not, but oftentimes a few good ideas and they don't have the the, the firepower to execute on any of them. And that's a huge, huge detriment to the process. Renee, you your operationally in, in past careers have you have you run into safety committees and and things that maybe are different than what we've been doing at Maharan?
1: oh ab- absolutely and and I think uh previous to the experience at at Maharin it, it was more what Jimbo was talking about more the safety committee focus let's meet once a month let's have a sandwich and here's our agenda and Oh, uh, here are a few things we need to work on. And some of them would get done and others wouldn't. And, and a lot of it was because there was no accountability, there was no follow-through, and there was no commitment from that senior team. Um, and certainly we, we get into that aspect of it. But I think probably the biggest thing that we try to do, and we have our, our KPIs, our metrics that we look at on a monthly basis and the sites report on that. And that's important, but more importantly is the sharing and uh, the experiences at each location. And that's part of the agenda. And we're talking about near misses, and what did you learn, and sharing uh, the stories behind that. And how can the other sites learn? There's been a lot of sharing. If if a site comes up with something as simple as a new cutting tool that reduces you know, lacerations on the floor when they're cutting boxes. That's shared amongst all the sites, and it gets out there almost immediately. And links, with this is where I got it, this is the price you can get, and, and that's good. Um, and along with the education, I think probably more importantly is the culture, and without the culture, and this other stuff doesn't happen. And I think uh, certainly with the support and the leadership and the guidance uh from from the Scott group and, and all their uh, the great employees that I've I've worked with and I, I mean that sincerely, not because I'm sitting in a Scott insurance office <laughs> building today uh, with a gun to his head. Yeah, no, uh, they've just I feel like they're on the team. Um, hmm. they they're not like a third party. they're involved. They come to the meetings, uh, they provide guidance. They've been uh, a, great, um, a great resource for me on, on many fronts, and we couldn't do this without them. Um, but as we've gone along over the past two, three years, we've adopted more ownership, and you have to do that. Without that ownership, I mean, this is not their program. This is not Scott's program. This is Meheron's program, but they're instrumental in
0: making it successful. Yeah. So one of the things that, that you you mentioned is just the sharing, the importance of the sharing of the information. And so when and you mentioned the the U line, the knives as well, the the uh, the, the U line knives, I think is what they are. Yeah, and, right. And what's interesting about that is in so there's sharing of information, and then there's also just continued, uh, like Jimbo said, for a long time. You can't change what people do until you change the way they think. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, an example that comes to mind is I forget uh, who said it, and it wouldn't matter anyway, but um, we're on the phone and and we hold folks accountable for the action items and we revisit them. So, that's something I really am am proud of our group for is not just saying, okay, we talked about that, let's move on. It's who got the link, who bought the knives. And out of one of those conversations came, well, we didn't buy them because we haven't had any, we hadn't hadn't had any incidents with knives. And so that was a real opportunity for us to say, that's exactly the point. The goal of this sharing between what's happening between locations is for you to recognize that while it hasn't happened at your location, the same processes and activities are present and risk is present across the organization. And so here's your little golden ticket. It's, check out these knives, give them a go before you do have an accident or an incident. And so there's just these little kind of things along the way that have been really fun for us in coaching and coaching, and we've also learned a tremendous amount too. Uh,
2: I, I really like I, I the theme that you brought in of sharing and learning, and I think those are things that, that traditional safety committees don't um, execute on, frankly. It's not really about sharing and it's not really about learning. Um, it, it's about sort of identifying, and and that's all often that happens is, is that there's identification of, of a problem or something that doesn't feel right, but there's very little sharing that, that, that gets dispersed across the organization and very little just learning and going below the surface to, to explore um, how – uh, the issue may be deeper than just what it seems.
0: Yeah, so I think, uh, I think we'll get, so I want to get to that point. We skipped ahead a fair amount in our, our journey, um, and just to lay the groundwork for folks, we've been w- meeting, you know, in each other's physical presence for about two and a half hours once a month for about three years now. It's a big time commitment for everybody involved. Um, yeah, but and we
1: have people driving in like four hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brent comes in like four hours. Then he has to go back four hours. And so and he's there. I mean, he's there just like everyone else. And we get people from our company that, that come in from a couple hours away. Of course, we're not going to have people from Lubbock, Texas drive <laughs> to North Carolina. But they're on the phone and... Yeah. and the other sites, they hold each other accountable. It's not just us anymore because they have to present
0: to their peers. Right. This is what I've done the past month. So
1: that's powerful.
0: From your perspective, you know, we started this thing off the first meeting about three years ago. And as we often do, one of the one of the ways we initiate the conversation once we've made it to the table is to say, we're going to go around the room and everybody give the three biggest risks. And inherently it's, well, which risks? And we say, any risks. It, any a building a property risk a you know a disposition a morale a cultural I- risk a physical hazard any of those things and more are 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 on the table. Step back for us a little bit before that and maybe tell us from from your interactions with Eric, who's the 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 risk advisor, the leader on on from Scott on this on this uh, with Maheran. What were the conversations like with him to really set this? In motion, from your perspective,
1: well, regarding the risk, what we identified, just starting the group. Uh, yeah, it, well, I tell you, Eric was instrumental, and um, I was I was brand new to maharan and I was told um, I was invited. I need to wanted to be wanted me to be part of this team, and Eric approached me, and so did our CEO. Uh, Mr. Dallas Barnes and I said absolutely. I mean, when you're new, you're like, yeah, I'm on that team. I'm on that team, <laughs> and you're on every team there is, right? Yeah. So, uh, but that's one that I've been on right from the beginning. So I was not the leader of the group. I mean, I looked to Eric, and and obviously he's very seasoned, very smart guy, and uh, he provided super guidance. And over time, he kind of and. <laughs> The the great part about being coached is you don't know you're being coached, right? <laughs> and he was coaching me. He was coaching me, and I get it now, but at the time, it didn't really click. But anyway, um, and then I eventually became more the facilitator of the meeting, mm-hmm. and then he dropped back. Um, Alex and Brent stepped in more, and, uh, I mean, we've been off and running ever since eric paratroops in uh, a couple times a year to see how we're doing and he sits back and yeah they're doing all right they're doing all right i'm not gonna mess with them yeah um but uh we did talk about the risk and and being in the in the food business and selling to consumers um that's a huge risk in our company and and we're not involved directly in food safety but it's it's part of what we do, and, and, you know, people doing their jobs correctly and and so forth. Uh, dealing with chemicals, you know, transporting chemicals over the highways is a huge risk. Uh, and then in terms of uh, physical injuries to employees in the plants, you know, we have a lot of forklifts. We have hundreds of forklifts running around these plants. Uh, that's a big hazard. Anytime you have moving equipment, a uh, lot of activity mm-hmm. um, that slips, trips, and falls. Back strains, things like that. Um, So we focused on those, and and, uh, we've gotten better. We're not perfect. We have a long ways to go. But it's also shown very positive results in terms of reducing our workers' comp costs, Um, employee engagement. The employees can see now, hey, the company is committed to safety, and it's not just lip service, um, and that's part of the culture, but that's ever-evolving. I mean, we're not there. We'll, we may never get there if we really want to be, you know, the best we can possibly be. It's constant.
2: Yeah, and I think, I think you hit on a, a lot of really important points uh, along that talk track that I think the first, which is that in many organizations to get a energizer and a group like this going in a risk performance leadership team is a cultural transformation because it's often um, drawing on roles and responsibilities that typically have viewed safety and risk management in a silo and not not a part of the core operation of the business and and so what you described is is really a part of that evolution in saying no this is this is really everybody's job and and we believe that to the extent that we're going to put key leaders in the organization in, in, in place. And one, one of the things that, that, that we've seen is is that, you know, uh, we, we need to do it as a team. We need the Eric Caronises, We need the Brent Long's. We need the Alex's uh, all to play a role in that because if they don't, uh, it's very easy for that accountability to go away.
0: Yeah, it's been an, in, an incredible experience for us. Um, And one of the cool things about it is is it's really played out the way that you you hope and anticipate that it should, starting kind of high level. If you remember the conversations were always us in the room with the introduction at almost every meeting of, hey, guys, the whole intent of this is to get closer to the tip of the spear. That's where the real information is. However, we do have some, (laughs) we've got some high level stuff, contracts with temp agencies um you know sorting through what the specs on the forklifts are going to be and then disseminating that information pushing it out to folks um doing pressing reboot on how we're dealing with injured employees brent and i hitting the road doing doing dealing with the injured worker training so there were kind of high high level things that that we've hit on and we've had to keep going i mean that's the other important thing we mentioned earlier you got to keep going back to that well because if you do dealing with the injured worker training or you push the spec sheet out for the forklifts and you think oh we're check that box. <laughs> it's like how about shoes for cruise? You know, we've gone down that path a fair amount. It's who's gotten the shoes for cruise and one one location, oh, we're all set, and then yes, somebody else and it's uh, we didn't we didn't we don't remember talking about uh-huh. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was that? We didn't know you had to wear shoes. So it's been a man, it's been a great experience to go to actually succeed in getting grassroots. And when you talk about getting on the phone every other month, You know, the food group calls in every other month. The the chemical group calls in, and there's just good sharing of information from at a level on a granular level that, frankly, I'm not going to understand. You know, I'm not going to understand what the environment looks like specifically for this time of year, for this type of product we've got to get out in this amount of time when we're understaffed or overstaffed and all the conditions and all the context that's in that uh, incident or in that location it's just so refreshing to hear people who are the experts in what they do get on the phone and share and compare, you know, from several states away or, you know, right next door. And there's been real fruit in that.
3: Yeah. And I think that was an evolution of the, of the team that, you know, as we started out, um, it was mainly high level management in in the team. and, And it took us Probably six months to evolve. Oh yeah. yeah, that of determining well, we need to add this person to the team to bring that that added uh, viewpoint, and then probably twelve to fourteen months into the process, you know, we said we need to take it grassroots, hmm. and that's where uh, Alex made the suggestion of, you know, how how can we connect in these these safety chairs that are leading these safety committees out in the various locations, and that's where we started the the call in. Process And, you know, we were we didn't know how that would go. And that was a huge
1: turning point. And if we hadn't done that and if we just stayed strategic and around the, you know, the mahogany table, uh, such as it is in Severn North Carolina, uh, this this team. Uh, we wouldn't have accomplished what we've accomplished without that happening. And, and you know, all that we meet um, around this table, uh, it's not just corporate folks. I think we're just corporate folks. We'd be lost and confused. We have operations folks coming in from food plants. We have the chemical folks who are right there, directors of uh, fertilizer production and, and so forth. And, you know, without that perspective um we we wouldn't be a uh, uh, wouldn't have accomplished anywhere near as much
2: so i think there's you're describing the the necessity of flexibility um and, and growth within within a group like this to recognize that it it has to evolve um you know it has to take into account a broad perspective but at the same time there also has to be some stickiness to it the, the, the commitment to be there once a month. Um, and sometimes you feel like, oh, um, there's nothing really to talk about. Um, you just got to, you know, you got to plug through this. And I've seen this um, in other companies. They, they get to the point and they go, you know what, guys, we're just meeting too much, and so we're going to cut this back to quarterly. And they, they go with that for a while. And then invariably they go. You know what? We're going back to monthly because we're missing something.
1: I, and That's a great point. And we we've thought about that. In total honesty, we've thought about that. Maybe we're meeting too much because there. I know there are a few times when I looking forward to the meeting, getting prepared for the meeting. It's like, I don't know. There's enough meat here. You know, it's going to be kind of slow today. And boy, it, sometimes it ends up being the best meeting we've had in months. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, and, and a lot of it is through conversation. There's new stuff that comes up that maybe we didn't know ahead of time that we learn from the field. So uh, and it's it's great because if you miss a meeting, uh, you better have a good reason. Um, and we got one guy on our team, man, he's tough. If you miss. Are you uh, talking about yourself? No, 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 <laughs> R- no, no. Rene? No, Rene? there's one guy Rene that's Rene tougher
0: than me. Punch- you don't
1: pull punches, though. No, no, but there's one guy. He's. He, you guys are lucky. He's not not the leader of that group, Manny. But uh, you got to show up, yeah. you know?
3: So you're and saying we can't be lean? There's no leaners?
1: No leaners, just lifters in this group, just <laughs> lif- lifters. If you're leaning, you better leaning forward. Better be leaning forward.
0: Yeah, well, i think there is something to be said for that you know just the stickiness especially when you're when you're in an endeavor where there's a stigma associated with it or a, or a history if you will so a lot of folks will go yep yeah, we'll check this box for a little bit we've been here before we'll just have to ride on this team for a few months and then it'll it'll break apart and and frankly i think there with everybody we work with and do these with there's always a few folks in the room who you can kind of tell haven't bought in and I, and i've got respect for that because You've got only so much time and energy to contribute to anything, and if you've been down this road before and it's failed, chances are you're going to look at it and go, "I've we've seen that, we've tried it, we've done it; it's a waste of time." But what I like to think is that we got some folks who are really on board now, and, and a good team who's working together. and And for folks listening, just to encourage you to stick with it, because even for the call ins, you know, one of one of the takeaways from this podcast, hopefully, you'll get is that it's. It's an awkward process that's clunky and messy, and it is not smooth like PBR. Uh, is that <laughs> you see? That? that the beer? Yeah, that's right. There's a comer anyway. Anyway, I'll sh- anyway. I'll, sh- I'll send you that link. It's a good good little reference joke, but but it is clunky and it's awkward and uncomfortable at times. And sometimes you, as we talked before, we press play. You drive down, you think there's not a lot of meat, and there is. And sometimes you drive down and and you walk away and you go, was that worth it? And, mm-hmm. and I would say, at times, it's not. But in aggregate, 100% it is. The things we've learned, the type of culture tr- cultural transformation that is taking place, just from the conversations and the volume of emails that I'm copied on by these different folks who are saying, here's the link, give me a call. And those are only the conversations we're privy to, which I would say are smaller than the one. You know, it's a minority, Right.
1: Yeah, yeah people are not hesitant to contact you know people in, in our, our group, uh, uh, the ones that get together face to face, but they call each other. You know they know, hey, this person in New Mexico had mentioned something a couple meetings ago. Uh, they have that contact information. so the person from Virginia calls New Mexico and, and we may or may not hear about that. Um, but that's
3: that's great. I mean that means maturity of the team. Yeah, I mean, I, I think some of that's th- that they probably felt like they were on an island, and now that they're engaged, they feel supported, and they they have some somebody to to network with. Yeah, I think that's a good. New point, Mexico yeah. is not surrounded by water. Just, just <laughs> <in the north>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Well. And anyhow, but maybe
3: they didn't know that.
2: So <laughs> they, now they do. <laughs> you know,
0: maybe it floods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been an, an encouraging experience, and um, you know, again, I just think folks should stick with it and and give the process its due, and 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 just keep going after it, always with the understanding that if your if your if your risk performance leadership team or your safety meeting is always centered around a table and the conversation never quite leaves there. As Todd Conklin says, if you're in the room with people, you're talking with them. And if, and if you're in the room with people, but only a few of them are there, you're talking about the other folks. Mm-hmm. And so what we want to do is engage people in the field in these conversations. They've got the solutions to a lot of the problems that we're looking to, to assess and to fix in the first place. Um, so, Renee, uh, any parting shots?
1: Well, uh, you know, for the locations, uh, businesses, companies that have something similar in place, I would encourage you, as Alex said several times, stay the course. Um, if you're into it six months and it's not quite working, you still got to stay. you got to stay. You'll get there. And if you don't have something like this, I would encourage you, if you're working with Scott, to uh, talk to them about it, and it's, it's well worth it. It's, it's worth it from uh, many perspectives. Number one, the employees. Uh, and, and you know, certainly uh, financially, we've seen the financial benefits. We've seen our workers' comp cases go down. We've seen a tremendous reduction in lag time reporting, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was a problem for us two or three years ago. We've cut that, brand, what in at least half now. Yeah. And, yes. and, and we're, we're getting better. Um, we're not, again. We're not there yet. We're training more supervisors. We're getting together later this week.
0: That's right. Uh, we'll at be a in
1: Edenton, uh, North, North Carolina, which is surrounded by water. Water <laughs> uh, <laughs> on one side. Uh, on one side. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So what do they call it? Peninsula or something. But anyway. Um, so we'll be doing some training there with uh, uh, new supervisors they've hired in the past year or so, um, and that's important. You know, the what do you guys? Do you have the three C's: caring, compassion, and Concern, concern. Thank you.
0: Um, Good soundbite. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a great. I mean, to resurface that, it's we've done that training down there before. Yeah. Um, I think a year ago,
1: and yeah,
0: almost almost to the week. It, but it never fails that you get you know new folks in the door. I was doing that with another client last week and asked the foreman on the job if they had a return-to-work program, and he didn't have an idea. He didn't have a clue. And I think, I think that's actually pretty reasonable. You know, when you ask a room full of supervisors how many of you have had an employee report an injury to you, they might have been there 10 years. On average, what I tend to see is 10 years you might have one or two folks report. And so, of course, you're not familiar with the process. And so for folks out there, and it is just so important to get your folks to understand their role in the handling of an injured employee and primarily, it's one to to care for them with compassion and concern on the front end before the injury happens, which is maybe where the battle is won or lost, frankly, um, and on the back end as well. Um, but at the very least, to equip them with the knowledge that they don't have to have all the answers; they just need to know who to call. Um, so I'm, uh, you know, excited that you guys are continuing to tap into that well because you do you can't just set it and forget it. You've got turnover, and
2: you know, is that the egg, in, inside the egg scrambler, set it and forget it.
0: I think that's a George Foreman grill, right?
2: Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> I was just checking. It's <laughs> some
2: kind of Ronco product.
0: <laughs> well, anyhow, Renee, thank you for um, spending some time with us today, and thank you for leading the charge at, at Maharan with the, the leadership team uh, to keep us going. I think there's a, a bright future ahead, and we'll continue to be flexible and stay awkward and uncomfortable and, <laughs> and clunky, and, and, and we'll keep on the course.
1: Okay. okay, well, thanks for having me. And, uh, again, I want to reiterate, it's it's been a partnership, a team effort. Uh, we haven't done it alone, so thank you very much. You want to give us one last cheap trick, Lon? I'd rather go with bad company. Well, let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on, moving on.
2: All
0: right, folks. On a
1: jet plane.
0: We are moving on. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you next time. Thanks. Take care. Thank you. Thank you.